You're listening to The Real King with Joe and Heidi King. The valley you're going through may look like a mountain to someone else. We can't compare where we are with where others are. We should put on the breastplate of righteousness each day and strive for God's righteousness. Join us today as we talk about focusing on our own walk with the Lord and showing compassion to others as they are transformed by God and working on their own righteousness. I don't think that's the thing. Mine are all gender neutral. All of your clothes are gender neutral. (laughs) You're walking around in green and purple. Okay, can we? Okay, no, 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 no. We're not going there. (laughs) (laughs) We just had this stupid argument over this garbage, and she went totally off on me about baby showers. She just hit herself in the face with with the thing. With that was the Holy Spirit. (laughs) No, trying to tell you not to be mean to me when. When I wear my pink yes. pants. Where are your pink pants? Like the the tie-dyed ones. Very different. When I wear those, I have to commit to that. Can you please buy pink pants? Yeah. First of all, I think it's easier for you to commit to the Zubas because I think people think They're, they're my revival pants. I think people think it's a joke. No way. 100%. No, when I put those on, I, I become a, a, You're a, different a steward person. of revival. <laughs> it's like something's going on here. Something big. Oh. It's awesome. Yeah. So flashy and colorful. And it it's like the throne room of heaven. Like it, you're just walking into the room. You are stretching it. With right you're now. walking into the room with a very specific presence about you. And everybody's like, whoa, what's going on here? Hey, me and the Holy Spirit just walked in. Yeah, me and the Holy Spirit just got off the city bus <laughs> and walked in. Hey, 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 hey! God, God can yeah, the Lord can speak to people in public Joe, transit. People are looking as you up well. and down to try to figure out if you got your shoes on the right feet when you're wearing those. I love them. I know you do. <clears throat> I got some pretty. I mean, you do work them. Like you're very, you're very. Oh, here you're we confident go. Confident in them. Yeah, they're radical, and I get so many compliments. People are like, "Wow, those are great pants. Where'd you get those?" Do they say great, or are they like, "Wow, those are some pants"? No, yeah, they say great. Very different. That's very. <laughs> or different. they say, "I love those." You know, pants. people don't recognize often that people give you like <clears throat> they give compliments. It's a I like to call it a non-compliment compliment, and people take it as a compliment. This isn't. It's like, not, have you not. ever watched somebody go, oh, my gosh, you got your hair cut. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you should follow mm. up with something like your hair looks great. She shoved a picture of us in my <laughs> face tonight <laughs> from nine years ago. Yeah. And I said, God, we've aged. Oh, my goodness. She took that so personal. Uh, he said, man, we've really aged. You have. But that's not a bad thing. I think that's nine years. The other day I said, Heidi, you have a gray hair. And she almost punched me directly in the face. Well, and now I have a white eyebrow. So, well, <laughs> like one single. <laughs> white eyebrow hair? Yes. It's white, not blonde. Everybody's going to like be looking at why your would it be eyebrows. Randomly, why would it be randomly blonde, though? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. Too they much have... sun. 
Yeah, on that one specific spot. I have so much gray hair. Oh. I have so I'm just much. not for it. Nope. I don't know. I don't think we've aged. I think we've gotten better looking. Yeah, you're gorgeous. Oh my god. Get a room. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've aged. See, I don't think so. So I know you have. You still look like you know you're 12 with your saxophone picture. <laughs> <laughs> and puka shell necklace. Yeah. First of all, be the, the Kenny Chesney necklace. Yeah. Hey, yeah. can you imagine if you gave yourself that haircut again? No. Oh, I should do it. So. Yeah. Righteousness. Righteousness. What does it mean to be righteous? Mm, in his righteousness. What does it mean to be in his righteousness? Mm-hmm. Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. What's the Merriam-Webster's definition? Can we go Oxford? Sure. Yeah. The quality of being morally right or justifiable. Mm-hmm. Mm. Justifiable. That's an interesting thought. So if you're righteous, <clears throat> that means you, th- somebody else is able to make your, own, your justification. Yeah. They're, they're able to justify. That's awesome. Because... Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. He's your advocate. He's pleading your case. He's your intercessor. He's what makes you justifiable. There you go. Mm -hmm. Goodness, virtue. There is a difference, though, between what we think is righteous and what the Bible actually refers to righteous as being. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and everybody's got their own opinion of what they think righteousness looks like. And... Where you're at in righteousness right now might be different than where I'm at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I might be in a place in my relationship with Christ where he's called me out of some things mm-hmm. that that wouldn't even make sense to you right now. Yeah. Like those those aren't even those aren't even issues in your life right now. Yeah. Like I might have a place or be in a place where he's calling me to a certain level of holiness because of the relevance of what he's put on my mantle that causes me to have to act or live a certain way that you're not conscious of yet because you're still in process for something else. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about it also on the way here, not even remembering at, like what the topic was tonight, but just in general on how you really can't judge people on where they are in that process. Yeah. So do you remember on Sunday we had lunch and we were talking about yeah. this? And it's because I shared a word and then you kind of bounced off of it at church. And <clears throat> the word was there's a lot of people that are like wallowing and they're in a valley. Mm. But in the valley, like if you look at, I, I likened it to the sound of music, right? Where mm-hmm. she was like frolicking in the valley. Cause you can't frolic. You can't enjoy yourself as much, right? It's challenging terrain at the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you and, feel like you have hills on all sides, everything's a climb. Mm-hmm. It's work. Right. But in the valley, that's where the community is. That's where they build their community is in the valley. Yeah. Not on the mountaintop. They, the valley is where people enjoy themselves. There's growth. Things flourish in the valley. They can't on the mountaintop. That's where you can collect they can't. The, the dew and the rainwater. Right. And 
so we were that word had come through and then we were kind of talking and i said your valley is somebody else's mountain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because if you're in a mountain range you can be at this high altitude and but there's peaks all around you right yeah and you're higher than you were before yeah and I was talking about how Carlos and I will often will go on a drive like out west, like in the Rockies. Mm-hmm. And it feels right there like we're on f- flat ground. Yeah. We're not like in a mountain, like on a mountaintop or so it seems. Right. right. But at the same time, we're at like 8000 feet. Yeah. You altitude. Check your altitude here. And so we're 8000 feet approximately higher into the air. Than I would be at home. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's the idea that like, it's all relative kind of, right? Yeah. And people want to, well, we have a, our human nature inclines us to compare. Always. Always. Mm -hmm. And the comparative nature that we have, it will either compare other people to you Mm -hmm. and put you on top right or vice versa yeah like how i what they have is unattainable right and nobody knows what other people are going through Mm -hmm. and so you may see somebody that is quote lower than you Mm -hmm. or not as righteous right like like they're trying they show up to church every sunday and to bible studies on wednesday but like you were talking to them once and they slipped and they cussed yeah right but you have no idea what they've been brought out of. Right. Mm-hmm. And part of part of what we had discussed the other day is like if if anybody's ever struggled with their weight, there's a lot of people that like they're so overweight that they lose weight and they're still Bigger. like obese, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And people will still judge. Yeah. And so like they could go out and eat go out to eat to a restaurant and be like it might be a birthday or like a special event, right? Yep. So they're having a piece of cake. Yep. And there's somebody that will look at that person and say, they should not be eating cake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't know that you, you that person might have just lost like 65 pounds. pounds. Yes. Pounds. Yeah. yeah. And yep. they're on their way down. Yep. And every other day of the week, they're like tightening their belt and they're, yep. they're hitting the gym and they're working their body and they're eating healthy, but they're having a moment of celebration. And people will be very judgmental about that. Yeah. And it's just like, that's a very practical um, anecdote. It's a people, people can relate to that. I think Well, people yeah. do it with their, with their people do it to themselves. Too. Yeah. Well, it's all judging the book by the cover. Well, I've, people I've do around. it to themselves and they get into self condemnation, right? Like, Oh, yeah. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be eating this or I'm not well, doing you get too around, hot. Right. You get around people that have a very specific call and, and things are happening. And then all of a sudden you start to feel like a less than. And you're like, oh, man, I should be, you know, I've been serving the Lord just as long, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. And the reality of it is if your faith was there, you'd be there, but you're in process. And we have to, you can't put the carriage before the horse or the mm-hmm. cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. Um, we want the ability to steward the load without training the horse to pull the cart. Yeah. You know, we have to be in a position where we can be trusted with that responsibility. Yeah. So to constantly, 
not get there because you're always in comparison with somebody else. Well, and what if that's not a load you're supposed to even bear? Right. Right. There's so many facets that God wants to add to your character, right? So he'll put thousands of people in front of you throughout your life that all have things that are appealing because he might want you to have a piece of each of those to to genetically make up what your spiritual calling is going to be. So you might be around people of great faith in an area of raising the dead. You might be around people of great faith in the area of finance. You might be around people that um, have amazing abilities with with being able to connect and and honor people that are and, mourning. And it doesn't always have to be so sensational either. Mm-hmm. Like it is a testimony if you're the person that is even tempered. Oh Come yeah. On. Slow yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? The the person that is willing to get their hands dirty and serve yeah. others, yep. do dishes, help somebody like in a in a time of need just help somebody clean their house right? yeah it like yes raise the dead yes transform lives but also just remember that the small things are just as much of a witness sometimes. well what what, yeah. what if what if you're exposed to these people through god mm-hmm. in his social networking so that in the time of need you can recall and say you know i know a guy who did that if he'll do it for him, he'll do it for me. God, I ask that you would. Mm-hmm. And then you pray the prayer. Yeah. And you do it in a right heart because you've been exposed to what God has done from these other people. But if you if you allow comparison to be the thief of joy and you're around these people and you're like, man, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. Well, no kidding. But you're not going to get there by going through this this format of self-condemnation right you're gonna get there by seeing it you can't be what you have not seen right you know what i mean you can't you can't have the the actions of something unless you have some sort of example or teaching that's the whole part of point of discipleship is is that you be uh equipped yeah we're our ministries are for the equipping of the saints like my parents their whole ministry for the last 43 years has been equipping saints. They, they have a, a specific gift for seeing giftings and callings on people and then helping them come into it so that they're, they're able to walk in authority and walk in boldness and, and be able to go into ministries. Right. Mm-hmm. I did a devotional where... I was like writing something that was very similar to this. <clears throat> there was an article that I was reading about righteousness, and it's by Philip Wajaya. He's a writer for Christianity.com. Shout out, Philip. And he says, righteousness in human standards is defined as the quality of being morally true or justifiable. But... um the justification is made according to the conformity of behavior with the regular, with the regulation or constitution. Right. But in its deeper spiritual meaning, righteousness is the quality of being right in the eyes of God, including character and nature, conscience and attitude, conduct and actions and commands and the words coming out of your mouth. 
Righteousness is therefore based upon God's standard because he is the ultimate lawgiver. Yeah. In 1 John 3, 6, no one who abides in him, who lives and remains in communion with and in obedience to him deliberately, knowingly and habitually commits and practices sin. No one who habitually sins has either seen or known him, recognized, perceived, or understood him, nor has had an experimental acquaintance with him. Boys, lads, let no, let no one deceive and lead you astray. He who practices righteousness, who is upright, conforming to the divine will and purpose, thought, action, living a consistently conscientious life, is righteous, even as he is righteous. But he who commits sin, who practices evil doing, is of the devil, takes his character from evil or from the evil one. For the devil has sinned, violated the divine law from the beginning. The reason the Son of God was made manifest, visible, was to undo and destroy and loosen and dissolve the works of the devil, the works the devil has done. No one born or begotten of God deliberately, knowingly, or habitually practices sin. For God's nature abides in him, his principles of life, the divine sperm remains permanently within him, and he cannot practice sinning because he is born or begotten of God. So no one born begotten of God deliberately, knowingly, or habitually practices sin. So this is not talking about people that fall into a trap. It's not talking about when you all of a sudden realize, oh my gosh, I just did that, or I just slipped up and said that. Like the minute that conviction comes in that moment, that's a good indication that the Holy Spirit's in at work mm -hmm. because conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So don't get all tripped up over that. Repent quickly, mm -hmm. turn from the wicked, and don't return to it. So it's not talking about somebody that, that goes, you know what? I'm going to go out and have one last hoorah. It's mm -hmm. been a while. Yeah. That's the, you're, you're premeditating Correct. what you're going to do. Very that's, different. that's very different. So righteous, righteousness is not, it's not like God's just waiting for a chance to take it away from you. Mm -hmm. Instead, he's like, it's a breastplate. It's a covering for your vitals. Put it on. Yeah. Uh, by this, it's made clear. Uh, by this is made clear who take their nature from God <clears throat> and are his children and who take their nature from the devil are his children. No one who does not practice righteousness, who does not conform to God's will and purpose, thought and action is of God. Neither is anyone who does not love his brother, his fellow believer in Christ. For this is the message, the announcement, which you have heard from the first, that we should love one another. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you start to feel that you're unrighteous, you start observing and looking at and taking account of others. Mm -hmm. And you can't love them if, if I, you're in judgment. I heard a quote <clears throat> once. Hold on. I have to get this figured out. I heard a quote once as it relates to work in like the corporate world. And they said, um, 
How did it go? You'll never be criticized by someone who's doing more than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on. You'll never be criticized by someone who's working harder than you. Mm-hmm. Who's bringing in more than you. Mm-hmm. Because they're not, they don't even have the time. No, they're not even thinking about it. And that that's just it. Yeah. Like, and that, I mean, we're critical of ourselves too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a distraction. Yeah. It's a distraction. Well, it's an enabling, it's an enabling spirit. When you get so critical of yourself, it enables you to not press in. Mm-hmm. It, in it gives you an excuse. Yes. An excuse is the perfect Well, word. I can't because. Yeah. Well, and then when you're, when you become in a unrighteous state of mind where what? you're, where you're like, this is not just going to work. You do naturally go to, well, look at this person. They're mm-hmm. way, they're way worse than yeah, I am. You start to justify, like she Correct. talked about in the definition. Yeah. Like, at least ju- I'm not as justify bad as in, in not in a righteous manner, but in like, okay, my actions are justified because of them. Yeah. It, they did. This. Right. Yeah. But it, people shouldn't be our chalk line. Jesus. No. That's yeah. absolutely right. Like yeah. even Max, he sometimes struggles with that, with comparing himself with other students. Mm-hmm. I always think about like if you look at like the scales, you know, with the two the two bowls on the on the cords, and then you you weigh things, right? You see it like in yeah, law on money in, in, in courtrooms yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So the idea of scales, right? So the scale that that we need to even things out or weigh things with is the Word of God, the blood of Jesus, the finished work of the cross. So if you put and heap up all those opinions, those thoughts, those imaginations, every lofty thing that raises itself up against the true knowledge of God, mm-hmm. that's scripture. Mm-hmm. If you put it on that scale and it's it's not weighable by what God's word says, it's garbage. Mm-hmm. And it's going to keep you from purpose. Yeah. Even the level of righteousness, though, why we can't judge like what we feel is righteous and what's not righteous, and that's why we have to do it biblically, is because, for example, even with Max, he is in a classroom, and I expect a certain level of morale, right, from Mm -hmm. him in his classes. He thinks that he's able to not be subject to that morale, because there's other kids in the class that still have homework overdue. Mm-hmm. So he's constantly going, well, I'm, so I'm doing a- way better than them. But for those kids mm-hmm. as parents, their level of morale could be... Is morale the word? I don't know. Is it conduct? Sure. Yeah. But their, So their level of conduct could be just attend class. Right. Just get there. Versus my conduct for him is you need to have a minimum of a B or above, right? right. Yeah. So even just in that situation, there could be multiple parents that have completely different levels of what we feel is right conduct. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Because, and I think that's common for kids to do, especially, right? Like, well, he gets to. Yeah. And it's like, okay, if you just, if we look at that, like in a, through a child's eyes, right? There are times where like you don't know what happened behind the scenes. And like this happened to me when I was in grade school. 
I went to school with this kid named Teddy and over the weekend, his dad was killed in a car crash. Mm. Mm. And like, he, he was kind of favored, you know, for like, not favored inappropriately, but like, you know, people were trying to support him. Yeah. Yeah. They had like empathy. Yeah. And there were, of course, kids who like, if they just walked in and didn't understand the whole story, yep. they're like, oh, that's not fair. Yep. <laughs> and you're like, you got to look at the big picture here. Yeah. Like, that's just it, I think. there You don't know enough by looking at someone at face value to understand where they've been, what they've been through, what they're going through currently, and where God is taking them. Mm-hmm. And like, honestly, not your job. Right. right. There are times where you have to call out sin mm-hmm. and and make it known that you're taking a stand against it. Yeah. And that's appropriate. But when it comes to like day to day conducting ourselves with other Christians, especially, and even like people in the world, they're like, Oh, you know, that person, they, they like the people that are like panhandling or whatever. Yeah. They're going to take the money and buy booze. Yeah. They immediately start to make like snap judgments because they don't know anything about that you, person let like they have no idea that maybe a year ago they were addicted to whatever and almost yeah. lost their life yeah and they've really started to clean things up you know you just don't well you, know. you have to love you you can't first and foremost yeah. you you can't correct somebody unless you're doing it in love otherwise the correction's for you not them uh if you love somebody enough to want to see them finish well, Mm -hmm. then your correction will be in love. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, you're a Christian, you're a friend of mine. Um, That friends group that you continue to go out with, those little um, wine tasting trips or whatever you continue to go on with, it's affecting your ability to hear from God. And now you're trying to mix the two, and a holy God is not going to mix well with an unholy thing that's trying to inhabit Mm -hmm. his dwelling place. So. I'm going to to be here for you to encourage you and to pray or whatever we need to do to get you to a place where you you're not uh dependent on that culture or those those things anymore. Yeah. You know to to help somebody. I I was actually over in Hebrews. I didn't mean to I was, No, that's okay. I have a quote real quick. Um, it goes along the same lines. Truth without love is brutality, mm-hmm. but love without truth is hypocrisy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you have to have, you have to have both. In Hebrews 12, mm-hmm. in v- verse one, it says, therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, unnecessary weight, and that sin, which so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to and entangles us. And let us run with patient endurance and steady and active persistence appointed the appointed course of the race that is set before us. We are not racing our fellow Christians. Might I propose to you in this scripture that the 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 person or the thing that you're running against is your flesh. Mm-hmm. So your flesh is trying to keep you down and, and it's trying to keep you from winning and excelling in this race. And it and the scripture is telling you right there, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, 
unnecessary weight, and that sin, which so readily, readily, deftly, and cleverly, so it literally takes away your ability to hear God, deftly and cleverly clings to and entangles us and let us run with patient endurance. That doesn't mean you're running yourself into a, a frenzy and panic. Mm-hmm. You're, running, you're running a steady pace with patient endurance and steady and active persistence. So you, your eye is on the prize and the goal. And the goal is to, to be in righteousness with Christ. If you're righteousness conscience, conscious about where you want to end up, then it's going to be harder to get you tripped up. Yeah. If my consciousness is like, okay, I may not be there yet, but I know that God, through the Holy Spirit, you've convicted me here, here, and here, so I'm not going there again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not going to revisit that. If the devil brings it up or people from my past bring it up or my social group or boss at work brings up who I used to be or, or my attitude or my temper and I'm not there anymore. I'm not even going to, I'm not, I'm going to bring those thoughts and imaginations captive. Like I'm not even going to entertain them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you continue on in your race with that steady endurance mm-hmm. because you will get there and then take inventory. Like, where am I at right now? I don't feel like I'm doing enough. Right now, if I look at just little changes I made, so for um, like 600 and some days, I've read scripture every day. I've started every day out with scripture. When I think about where I am now and these little choices that I've made and these little things that I've applied to my spiritual walk, just being intentional about waking up and the first thing I do is read the word and repent. Mm -hmm. Like there's mornings where I get up and I pray because of what I've dreamt the Mm -hmm. night before. I had no control over that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not like most of the time I have good dreams or biblical dreams or, or whatever. But if there's something unsettling, if I wake up and I feel that there was fear attached to me and my dream, I repent. And I ask God to take What do you repent that. of? Lord, forgive me for that dream. Yeah, but you, it's not conscious. So I don't, I don't, I guess like that's I'm what, following. That, that's, that's what the Holy Spirit has put on my heart to do. Okay. So if, if you feel led by Holy Spirit to do something that doesn't make sense to everybody else, but it's going to better you and bring you into right standing with him, do it. Because that's very specific to the call in your life. So for me, I wake up, and if, and I think I'm more so trying to emphasize to people too, like this isn't for just if you had like, like a you just dirty want to realign dream. yourself with yeah, God. Yeah, I, I wake up. There's there's nothing wrong with walking in forgiveness. No. That doesn't just mean you forgiving other people, but just making sure that your lines of communication between you and God are open. Mm-hmm. So if there's there's anything that you're going to go through the rest of that day entertaining that's not of him from that dream, you're cutting it off right there. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, man, later, 10, 10 o'clock, I, had, I woke up from the dream at 5.30, 10 o'clock. All of a sudden, the, the thoughts revisit me. It's like, oh, man, that was kind of different. And I, now I'm entertaining things that are unfruitful. So why not just cut them off right at the root? Mm-hmm. So I wake up. 
a lot of times I go straight into reading the word. If I need to pray over my dream life or whatever happened that night, um, I do. Mm -hmm. Those little changes, if I look back five years ago, I wasn't doing that. Right. So today I am not where I was five years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. It may not seem like a big deal to most, mm -hmm. but when I actually sit and I take inventory and I look at where I'm at spiritually, yeah, it's very different. Mm -hmm. Even how I look at my children is different. Yeah, I don't see Jasmine and Max as kids that are just things that I got to take care of and discipline. Mm -hmm. I look at them as, oh my gosh, Lord, you got big things planned for them. Yeah. So I pray over them when I'm in my truck and I'm driving down the road. Mm -hmm. I pray over my relationship with them because I've, I've had such a rough run from the beginning that that's one place I get attacked in righteousness is like, oh man, like you have done it wrong. Well, how did I do it wrong? I've never done it before. I'm learning as I go. So yeah, it might, might be wrong to what the world standard is, but God already knew what I was going to do before I got there. So now I need to be more conscious of inviting him into everything I do. Mm -hmm. And that's where the change is going to happen. That's where the righteousness is going to happen. Yeah. And he can take 30 seconds of his righteousness and he can wipe out an eternity of damnation. With so that's kind of where I look at that. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you feel oppressed, mm -hmm and depressed and you have these spiritual attacks take inventory yeah. because where you're at in your journey to seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness if if you're still in the same place you were 10 years ago then you got you should question that yep that's good i mean even like if people would walk in and see me and jazzy like worshiping at the altar they would like if you didn't know us you'd make the assumption like they must be like oh, the worshipers in the church. Like that's amazing. And in reality, or they could look at that. you and say, wow, what a spectacle. And like, that, okay, yeah. everybody can see up there. But that literally just happened like a year ago. Yeah. So that's, mm -hmm. you know, growth for people that didn't know us previously. Didn't know that was not one. A thing. It was the boldness. So many people pray for God. Give me boldness. God, give me boldness. What do you want prayer for but today? But it's uncomfortable. I want boldness. Like you had to grow into that. Absolutely. I still, every single mm -hmm. Sunday, like there yeah. is always that flesh that's like, you don't need to go up there today. And I'm like, no, nah, yeah, I do. And then I'll go. When sometimes we like. Sometimes I look at you and I'm like, somebody, wow, backslider today. See? <laughs> yeah. So when people get used to how you are too, and then you don't act the way you normally act. Mm -hmm. I've been in a little bit of a, a spiritual battle for a couple weeks now. And every Sunday people have pulled me aside and talked to me about it and like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm more like, Hey, get it, get it, get together. it together. This yeah. is your song. Yes. Get up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you're doing that, um, when you approach people, you as in the collective, you, you got to make sure you're led man, because the last thing you want to do, like led by the Holy Spirit, because the last thing you want to do when somebody is already in a battle is kick them when they're down. 
So you better have the right words to say. Well, what you why, know? Why do we approach people? We're gonna we're gonna correct them. We're gonna well, teach them a lesson. Not well, necessarily. In, honestly, Some people walk through a church service and they're like, mm, "It wasn't quite spicy enough for me. I'm gonna give somebody a word." Mm. I've had that happen. I've you know I've seen th- sometimes it's self-serving, mm-hmm. and they're working through their own thing, right, wrong, or indifferent. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's genuine concern and they're yeah. trying to hold somebody up, but mine, you know, m- both of mine were genuine concern yeah. where they're like, it's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Well, and the only, the, the direction I was just going to go with that too is, um, when you step into a place of authority like that to, to bring a word or speak into somebody's situation, the Bible says, don't all go be teachers because you'll be accountable for every word that comes out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. So when you're correcting behavior, you've just stepped into the role of teacher. Mm-hmm. You you're taking a corrective action. <laughs> you're taking I'm leaving that in. You're taking a corrective <laughs> action. Well, and I'm very I I always want to be very conscious. Yeah, don't laugh about it. Yeah. When no. <laughs> well, um first of all well, i heard hard. no god bless you because th- that was bless like you. we were talking god about something you. really serious really i take, I take I that really serious so. i know but like how dare i, do I too, yeah. in that oh you're good no i it is serious i've had i've had situations where i've had somebody come up and like say you know you've like without them knowing I've been on my face before God. I've, you know, been tarrying with the Lord. And they come up and they, they're like, I have a word. God is saying that if you would just pray about it, mm-hmm. he will show up and he will heal you. It's just the same thing, though. Like, if you're not led by the Spirit, you don't, you need to be. Mm-hmm. You need to be led by the Spirit before you try to speak into somebody's well, life and you'll, like that. You'll always, you'll, you'll have love about you when you do. I was gonna say, I've had that so many people also love, right? And I've had so many people also like try to give me a word, you know, about like having kids and things mm-hmm. like that. And it's like mm-hmm. Tim Ross, his wife. Every time somebody, because they had kids late, every mm-hmm. time somebody would bring a word to her. She'd say, stay out of my womb. Yeah. I've said that, actually. She'd just stop them and say, stay out of my womb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Well, and I, I've experienced with, like, dream interpretation and prophetic words that were corrective. They are so hard for me to bring. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will almost miss the opportunity yeah because they are so hard for me to bring so when i see people jump at the like chance eager eager to give a correct word and, and and jump in with that word yeah then mm. i'm that's when i snap and detest the spirit behind the prophecy that's good that's good mm-hmm. if you're eager to give a corrective word you might not I, be in the right you spirit. might want to give brought, it in the mirror seriously yeah. because brought, every time he's had to give a corrective word or even me your heart's beating out of your chest. Yeah. I'm about to cry. Man. I can't say it without looking them directly yeah. in the eye. Like that's how, you know what I mean? Like I it, brought one to yeah. a friend of mine mm-hmm. and literally it was, it did not go over well and I was broken about it and I literally called him back later and was like, maybe that was for me. Yeah. I'm like, if, if you did not feel Holy Spirit on that, don't receive that. Maybe that was for me. Four years later, 
I'm in his driveway with him. We're visiting about something. We're talking about something that happened, something that big was in their life, turned everything upside down. And he says something. I'm like, oh, yeah, like that word that I called you about. And all of a sudden I bring it up and he goes, I forgot about that. He goes, my brother called me with this word and they all went together. Oh, really? That's God's playing the long game all the time. And I was like, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, but my heart in loving people Mm -hmm. was working against me and the spirit because the heart deceives and because I have the capacity to love people, I don't want to bring correction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I don't feel people receive correction well. And I want to love and be loved. You've tried. <laughs> yeah. You've been like, well, Christina, maybe the situation is that God's doing this. And I'm like, <laughs> there was one recently and I was like, I'm not ready to be thankful right now. So keep it to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and then you cooked, jo- and then you cooked me, me dinner. Joe yeah. gives me corrective words all day. <laughs> all day. He has you on a corrective action plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're on a cap, ma'am. Yeah. If you if you catch me at the right time and I'm borderline in it. Do you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna keep a mirror in my pocket now. And every time you give me a corrective word, I'm just flash gonna it put like the a badge. Mirror, right. Mm-hmm. Just gonna flash it like a badge. Like yeah. okay. Say it to somebody who cares, Joe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Proverbs 21 too does say that a person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, this sort of goes kind of not, but it was more of when we were talking about the comparison yeah, and how yeah. we're always comparing ourselves with other people when we really don't know the process behind any of this. Um, I've been doing a devotional with another lady just for some connection stuff, right? And this one was actually talking about um, me. I was talking to her about backup plans Mm. and really trusting in the Lord. Right. And so but it kind of plays into the whole comparative thing. We can't have backup plans, number one, because it's either God's way or it's no way. This kind of all, again, rolls into God's will, not our will. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I sometimes struggle here. I trust God what his will for my life is, but I also choose to have a safety net so many of the times. Yeah. And I know people can relate to me here. Mm-hmm. We say that we trust him fully. Lord, do your will. And then we have a safety net. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do an example. And this is even inventory for us on how much we've grown is probably was Jasmine a baby maybe 10 years ago. We were praying and believing, and when did we start tithing like crazy? Was that like 10 years ago? Something like that. We were, got the tithing, like just, we were on it, Lord. Like, we trust you, we love you, we're going to do this. We fully give you our finances, but we always had a backup plan. What credit card can I use? Who can I contact for money? We knew what stores would take a check and how long it took them to process Correct. Mm -hmm. So we were... And if we could write it for over. Yeah. We even figured out how much we could technically overdraw ourselves at our bank through the ATM Mm -hmm. just in case God's financing didn't come through when we needed it. Mm -hmm. In case he was late. 
Seriously. So we were, we were saying with our mouth, we give you all of this, Lord, we trust you. But in the same breath. Do you know what he did? He took it all away. He literally like <laughs> all of a sudden we get a letter and was like, you know, we noticed that you're, you're using this option of overdraft protection a lot. And we can't justify us taking this many fees from you. So we're turning it off. Yeah. You've lost this privilege the, for 11 the months. The bank took away our ability to pay them fees. Yeah. Explain that. So we couldn't we couldn't do anything for 11 months. Like we and when it happened, we were shaken. lost. We were Oh my god. I remember it. This yeah. is yeah. of the devil. Yeah. We're like <laughs> what kind of attack is being done on us right yeah. now? We're tithers. We're supposed to have the windows of heaven open upon yeah. us. Yeah, and they're like you can have the windows of heaven just not with a $35 per transaction. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. And what yeah. that was doing is that was causing us to always be in the negative. And we were always Because it wasn't your backup plan really. Correct. It was it was actually becoming the, your plan. The plan. A. It was the plan plan yeah god became the backup plan without us even recognizing it yeah yeah right and a lot of people do this so we believe god but at the same time we're gonna put this over here just in case that doesn't play out right mm -hmm. all the time what if in these moments those are the defining moments that are the breakthrough that will change everything yeah let's stop with the backup plan and let's start going back to God's plan. God's plan most likely looks completely different than your plan. So if we're constantly putting our plan into the picture, are we just holding back the future he has for us and making it take longer? Of you two, are you the contingency planner and Joe is more like a free spirit? Absolutely. Yeah. Not always. Most of the time. Check this out. There was a time. I'm going to check it out. There was a time where... We had items in pawn shops, auto title loans. We were living well above our means. Um, and then all of a sudden God took that. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, if you're going to be this, you're going to be this, mm -hmm. right? So now all of a sudden we had to start working out. We started to sow seed into situations. Now we went from being broke with a certain debt to just being broke. Mm -hmm. So now we had no savings, Come but on. our needs were met. Come on. Mm -hmm. And now somebody says, let's go out to dinner. Do we trust God enough that they're going to pay for our meal? Or do we say we got something to do? <laughs> so for a while, we would say we got something to do. Yeah. And like people probably would look at us and be like, man, they never want to do anything. Not knowing that we had just come through a valley. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we had just sowed seed in that valley, and now we gotta we gotta get out of dodge for a minute until stuff's growing. But how often in that space where you just came out of a valley and you're rebuilding, yeah, that God has His community ready to rally. Oh yeah, and your pride gets in but the way. But you don't know, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, but in, where you're like, no, I can't let you. What? Right. First you, of all, get your hands out of my blessing. Yeah. Because if I want to invite you somewhere and I want to like. I would rather somebody be like, I would go, but I can't afford it right now and mm -hmm. be not in our budget. Right. And be I'd be like, with yourself come and anyway. everybody else. And yeah. God will bless you. Come anyway. And 
like, th- are there people in the world that may take advantage of a situation like that? Sure. Yeah, there's always. But fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fine. It's not up to me. I'm not going to stand accountable for that. They are. Yeah. I actually. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had a couple. I'd rather have the person there and pay for them every time. Yeah. Yeah. I had a couple one time where um, I felt led to ask them to go to lunch after church, right? Mm-hmm. And then I did so. And they were like, you know, this is not in our budget. So I felt led to bless them. And then on the way to the place we were going, I was like, good, now they can afford to go. Because mm-hmm. I just blessed them. And then God dealt with my heart. And he was like, I didn't have you bless them for that. Yeah, because what I said, I had you bless them. I had you bless them. You wanted to go out for lunch with them. Yeah. yeah. You wanted to visit. They needed blessing. Mm-hmm. And now you're trying to you're trying to confuse the two and yeah. make it a basket gift. Yeah. And he's like, if you want to go out to lunch, that was your idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now then I, I'm like repenting. I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. So we get to the restaurant and Pastor Tim shows up. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm already like in my head about this. And I'm thinking like, we got a lot of people now. Not only am I going to have to buy their lunch. But 20% of that is going to be this. Oh, you were doing math. Yeah. Blessing math. And all of a sudden, Pastor <laughs> Tim swings in. He's like, I'm getting half. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Now mm-hmm. now I'm getting blessing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carlos just gave But then chance. we had good service. So it became like a, a, a unspoken gonna give yeah, a between tip? Pastor Tim and myself of who's going to bless this young lady more. Yeah. Me- meanwhile, I'm like, ma'am, that was adequate. Here's your <laughs> solid 20%. Yeah. And I, I I think everybody walked out of that blessed because everybody learned something. Somebody learned that God will provide, uh, and then he'll buy you lunch. And then the other ones of us realized, like, we can't outgive a God. We Here's can- the thing. Yeah. I'm just praying for the Lord to put it on your heart <laughs> to bless me. And take me out to lunch. Yeah, I, I will. It is funny though because even with that, pro- like you're in that process, we're yeah. still not where we want to be, but yeah. we're way further than where we were. But the process also changes. Yeah, because it started to be stop always living in the red. Mm-hmm. To you, it's okay to be at zero. The goalpost is. Moving. You're not in the red anymore. You're yeah. now at zero, right? Yeah. And now it's switched over to steward it correctly do you remember yeah. that state farm commercial where the guy's like who got your dollar you know and he's got the fishing pole yep <laughs> that's god's like moving the goalpost. yeah because that's how here's the thing if 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 he lets us we'll get real comfy real real fast mm-hmm. yeah oh absolutely you know yeah and we'd be like well we made it and yeah. then pride sets in we get cocky about it yeah well even with max like because God's teaching me how to be a good steward right now. Mm-hmm. And steward means I'm still going to bless people, but don't give it all away all the time. Right. Because how is... Yeah, and make sure that You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to teach Max how to steward properly, right? Mm-hmm. And so he goes to a youth group event, and it's a bowling event. And he's trying to go he's with... He's like, Mom, I paid for everyone. He's trying to go with a 50 <laughs> in his pocket. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you're not going with a 50 in your pocket. Because I guarantee you, when you get there, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you and you're going to buy everybody a hamburger. We've been on some journeys with that stuff. But your righteousness looks the same way. You 
God's taking you from glory to glory. This word says that. And where you were seeking righteousness three years ago looks very different than where you are today. Mm-hmm, and yeah. you're in a righteousness you didn't have three years ago. And it's still not comfortable because you're not there yet. But you're better off than where you were. Come on. And if you have the helmet of salvation on, if it ended today, you're saved. Come on. But if you got to live for the next hundred years, the Bible says to be prepared for that as well. Mm-hmm. So if I need to be seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, seeking his kingdom, his kingdom be manifest on this earth, that means I'm going to be doing the works of Christ on this earth. And he was always moved by compassion. He was always yeah. moved in love. Yeah. So I'm doing that. And when I'm doing that, then all of a sudden I'm seeing, I'm seeing his righteousness on me. Mm-hmm. And better than me seeing it is other people seeing it. Because when other people see it, it's not that you want them to come and tell you. It's just that it makes you credible so that when you look back and take inventory, you're going to be like, oh, wow, God used me there. He used me there with that person. He used me there. Yeah. You know, I think the compassion of the Lord is so well portrayed um, in the story of Lazarus. When Which, which Lazarus? The rich man at the gate? Uh, the poor Lazarus at the gate or the brother to Mary? The brother to Mary. The raised from the dead Lazarus. Lazarus come forth, Lazarus. Yeah. Because it says Jesus wept. And I've read that verse a thousand times. And all of a sudden it just got to me when I was reading it last week. And I was like, the Lord in previous scripture knew that he was going to not see this man dead because he said it's going to be for the glory to God. Right? Mm-hmm. So he already knew. He knew. He knew everything was going to be fine. And then he gets there and then weeps with the sister. I think it was Mary. And I was like, why was he crying? It was like, it really got to me. I was like, what if I knew... If I knew that I was going to raise this person from the dead and it was going to be fine and people were going to be able to see God's glory from it, why am I crying with this person? And it really showed me the love and compassion that he had. He wept when he saw her weep. Mm -hmm. That's huge. A lot of people can see somebody cry and they're like, man up. Like, get it together. That's like the culture. Like, you're weak. Mm -hmm. I I get my safe space, but you better suck it up. Seriously. And he saw her cry, even though he knew. Well, and blessed. He still cried with her. Yeah. I was telling you guys, there was uh, Kevin Wallace Ministries. He's out of Tennessee. He was, I I wanted to circle back to the righteousness thing and how it's easy to compare. And he he was talking about how if you have a sculptor and a painter and a Mm -hmm. potter. So in the Bible, it, it likens God to the potter. All we, of which is and like we are the clay. My stuff. I yeah. love that stuff. And so he was talking about how the difference between a painter and a sculptor and a potter is first of all, pottery serves a purpose. Mm-hmm. Right? And you have to go through certain steps in order to make sure that that vessel is actually usable for its purpose. Come on. And then a painter and a sculptor they're only concerned with the parts that you can see. Mm -hmm. They're only concerned with the side of the canvas that you can see. Mm -hmm. But a potter gets his hands down in a pot, right? And has to work the, even before you get to spinning a pot, you have, they have to knead the clay Mm -hmm. 
th- it's very hard to do. You have to add the right amount of moisture. Yes. And one thing that I find fascinating, by the way, this is, I'm, it's a bit of a digression, but a pot until it's baked in the kiln can always be reconstituted. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can add water back in and you can turn a pot into something completely different. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because name. yeah, you can, until that's that final step is done, you can continue to reconstitute that pot. And that is just amazing to me. Yeah. But he was talking about how God works you from the inside out. Yep. And he's concerned with the parts that people can't see mm-hmm. yep. because in order for you to serve your purpose and serve the function that he's given you in the body of Christ, you have to be cured. You have to be smoothed out. You yep. have to be dealt with yep. inside and out and not just the part that people can see. Yep. And I think we're all going through that mm-hmm. to a certain, to a certain degree, you know, everybody, yeah. Every single person. There's not a single person in the body of Christ that is not being dealt with by the Lord Come on. on a daily basis. And if if you've gotten that impression, it's incorrect. Yeah. And if somebody's not being dealt with, yeah. they don't have eyes to hear. Correct. Nope. Eyes ears to hear. to hear. You said eyes to hear. And I'm like, I'm, absolutely. Yeah, amen. thousand percent you are accurate. <laughs> with eye contact. Absolutely. You said it. My eyes weren't hearing. <laughs> <laughs> The Lord's dealing with me right now. (laughs) They have to have ears to hear, eyes to see. And I think that that's, people just need to focus, focus on Jesus, Mm -hmm. not focus on what's happening on the left and the right, but focus on him because all the other stuff is going to align. That's right. You don't have to worry about it. That's what I was alluding to earlier. Far too often we are, incapable or unwilling to stay in our lane. Let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit does. Yeah. Let the King of Righteousness do what he does. Right? Yep. And you just have to sit back and trust him. Come on. Even bringing a corrective word to other people, as difficult as it is, the obedience is what you're called to. Mm-hmm. Anything that happens after you're obedient mm-hmm. isn't even up to you. Yeah. It, you're going to have to deal with your flesh and your feelings and emotions over it. But God called you, he ordained you for it, and he's going to show up every single time. It may be four years later. Mm-hmm. But isn't that amazing to look back now and say, all I had to do was be obedient and trust him. And he, sh- he did show up. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. We are so blessed to have the privilege to share with you. If you haven't already, please connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us by searching at The Real King Podcast. That's at T-H-E Real King Podcast. The Real King Podcast is recorded in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It is hosted by Joe and Heidi King, who are joined each week by Christina Santamaria as a moderator and contributor. It is produced and edited by Joe and Heidi King and Carlos and Christina Santamaria. All content is under copyright and all rights are reserved.